0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal. Morning, world. Here we are with our faces. This is the first time... Yeah, we didn't... We tried... This, but we didn't Dude, record last week. Smile, right? smile. This Remember to what smile. What the world knows
1: us by is our smile. <laughs> Faces for radio, no doubt. <laughs> I'm gonna make
2: coffee real quick, but I we don't we have video now, so this will not be as disguised.
1: Oh, that's true. Can you still I hear like us? The still? Sign that. Can't hear us. I think I need to probably get some of those big headphones if we're going to do the video deal that like, that go over the top of your head. That make you look more like a radio star. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- no self respecting podcaster, which I am not. <laughs> Granted, it uses these little earbud things. I don't know. You- I w- I would think they do, but you think so?
0: Wait, Rob, by making coffee, what did you mean?
2: um well the i'll get up in a second the keurig uh this it's a machine that makes coffee (laughs) yeah
1: i don't have i don't know if you're familiar (laughs) so how you guys been all good. I uh I got to go to a Bravos game last night, which is pretty dang fun. Oh, yeah? oh nice. yeah, it was the first time that I've seen the Yankees in person. Yeah, and they're awful. I this I just want to put this out there. They're really good, but I hate them. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all these New Yorkers, like, took over the stadium. It was so annoying. Oh, wow, that is annoying. It was super annoying. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I
1: wonder if that's we, how the people
0: it, feel about the Cubs because um, a lot of times you watch away games that the Cubs are in and there are tons and tons of Cubs fans because they're kind of all over the country.
1: Okay, there was there were some really fun moments. And I guess mm-hmm. I've, I've been to college football games like this where the, you have the crowd that's split kind of evenly um, or closer to even. And the Yankees would start chants to try and take over the stadium Hmm. To try and like sh- show their force and their power, so they'd do like the "Let's Go Yankees," and then we would all just boo them really loud, hmm. or, just, or, or do the chop, the the Braves chop, which is they, so fun. They still let you do that. They still do it, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think they tried to get rid of it for a while, and everyone's like, "No, man, this is no, we're doing it still." <laughs> you can't, you can't stop America. And then, uh and so then we would just out boo the Yankees just to like reclaim our own home, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was some fun moments like that. And, uh, that's like a premier league soccer situation or something. It added some energy and animosity. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, Oh yeah, this is one of those games where like, man, Mm -hmm. something goes, goes south. I could see a bench clearing brawl here, which I've never seen in an MLB game live. That would be so. Yeah, me fun. neither. Rob, have you ever seen a bench-clearing brawl live?
0: No, I can't I like say that, if that I, I have. Any of the three of us that have, it would be you. Thank you. No, yeah, I've true. never seen that with my own eyes. Have you ever person. been part of a bench-clearing brawl?
2: No, I can't say. Well, no, I don't think so. I don't think that would count. Mm,
0: I can't say anymore. You. <laughs> that sounded good. <laughs> I don't think that would count as a great way. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so there's that penny for your thoughts
2: (laughs) um how are you coming on my uh autograph baseball that's any
1: any headway there okay so did i tell you the update with snit no that i had this i had this whole super fun convo with him Mm. um told him hey like one of my best buddies is from Iliopolis. And mm. he was like, Oh, snap, dude. Did you dropped <laughs> Iliopolis on me? <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're from Macon, aren't you? And he was like, Yeah, I totally am. And I asked him about the book and he said he was going to send me a, a signed copy of it. Nice. Uh and I guess there's a dude, the the guy who wrote it is a sports illustrator, sports illustrated writer, and they want to do a follow-up story on it, is is the word on the street. So um yeah might be coming out with that but i dropped your name dropped So it's just a matter of time we're just buttering him up dude yeah so he can like i don't know i mean it's totally up to him
2: on the inscription on the baseball but it could be like to rob in friendship thank you for your friendship thank you for your witness (laughs) like however he wants to sign it that's totally
1: up to him those are just some ideas Mm -hmm. best friends forever yeah (laughs) whatever no, yeah, I'll let him know. I'm sure he'll he'll listen to this. He'll get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm it's sure. Just, it's a matter of time. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, my, nice? my you guys? foray into uh, saying mass for a professional sports team was not as successful or glorious. I had three people show up to my Miami Dolphins mass. Now, in their Miami defense, Dolphins. it was a Friday evening. It wasn't a Saturday evening, so there was no Sunday obligation to deal with. But, um, mm. but the punter. first name was michael i can't remember his last name uh was very devout and was a read he like came in and said hey father do you need help with the readings and knew all the response you know how sometimes you do a a mass with a small amount of people and people all of a sudden just paralyze on the responses or went to kneel Mm. because they're used to Mm -hmm. being surrounded by people he knew it all so he's clearly very faithful and then i saw him in the game the next day punting the football i'm like that guy is a (laughs) devout catholic that's kind of cool look at that Mm. just putting that football Mm -hmm. but it was a lot of driving to say mass for three people on a friday night so i told I know a few priests that are closer by if there's away teams that need to to have the sacred synaxis
1: the sacred synaxis yeah since i've been celebrating mass for the team the days that i've gone and i am holding this against the team um that they're five and two Okay, which is pretty good mm-hmm. on the Sundays that I come and celebrate mass. So I'm thinking about like really using mm-hmm. the mass as leverage uh, to get what I want mm-hmm. so far as all of that goes, yeah, you know, get like a little major league situation, like, Hey, if you want to come to mass, you're so going to lose. Right. and You're going to hit terrible and you're probably going to lose your family. So come to mass, <laughs> Jeez. just really subtle stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Kind of under the radar. Because it's yeah, great because it uses
0: it. it uses the mass both as like a kind of superstitious amulet for winning baseball games, which is really cool, <laughs> and then also it it manipulates people's free will by by withholding that grace. Uh, from, oh yeah, I
1: am. Oh, yeah. It's it's really it's a pretty good setup. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Oh man, hey. So how is it having students back on campus?
0: It's great my goodness. The yeah. coffee shop is open. Uh, nice. We had great traffic in there yesterday. Um, chapel's still getting worked on, but there's progress being made every day. We had some stars go up on the ceiling yesterday. This is exciting.
1: Now, is the chapel renovation, are you all still using it as you're working on it? No, we have a little temporary
0: chapel in the half of the lounge that's not being used for the coffee shop. So,
2: Okay, yeah. Tell, m- it, it, then.
0: It, tell me... I- I'm curious of this, and I
2: not know we got a little bit of a time crunch this morning but what what's the thing that like you're most excited for with the chapel, or like what's the th- but like the thing itself in the chapel that you think will have the biggest impact on like a student coming in any thoughts and you can't say Jesus in the Eucharist
0: mhm I think the to me the cohesion and order uh and noble beauty of the space is going to be the the thing that is most uh first impression wise capturing i don't think any one piece of art or architecture is going to wow you when you walk in um like say if you walked into marytown the the dome and the monstrance or something you know like the thing that your eye first goes to um but even I in, forgot about Marytown. Even in a Marytown, I miss that chapel. The totality of the place—you know, the columns and the ceiling. Yeah, you know I mean, the ceiling is unbelievable in Marytown, but there's nothing like that in this chapel. Maybe besides the crucifix, which I think is very beautiful. It Hasn't arrived yet, but I've seen pictures. That got it was hand carved in in Germany. Um, and it's the. It uh, took me some convincing from the architect who was a DMAC liturgical Institute protégé. Um, Michael Rea of Studio IO. I'll give him a, a free shout out. Oh, you're wearing the Liturgical Institute shirt.
1: Dude, reppin. Yeah, I guess it's backwards. Yeah, no, it's, it looks backwards it's
0: forwards to us. I can read it. I think it's backwards. I think the reason you. Are mirrored it's a mirror yourself is because it would be it's weird if it's not like if you raise your hand, you know what I mean? Like you see, it, it makes sense
1: to you. In <laughs> this your brain. Is the most old people technology thing. <laughs> but then you raise both your
0: hands. Um. Wait, is this thing on? Um. The the uh, crucifix is of the crucified Christ, but his eyes are open. So. His side is pierced it's post death but his eyes are open and he's kind of in a more priestly stance his arms are straight out rather than like hanging like he's like he's really dead. Um, have you ever seen the, the crucifix uh, where Jesus is wearing vestments? It's like the, the crucifix mm-hmm. of the high priest his it's the same thing he's crucified but he is alive and his arms are straight out and he's in this kind of very in control. Um, he is offering himself as a sacrifice. He's not like being crucified in the passive sense. He's offering himself as a sacrifice. So that's the emphasis artistically there. Um, it's not meant to be a historical, a piece of art that represents a historical um, reality as much as a liturgical or eschatological reality. That, like in Revelation, the lamb is standing as though slain in the midst of the four living creatures and the elders and the angels singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. And all that stuff and the people casting their crowns that's the vision for what he wanted to build and um, i was thinking in my head well people are expecting a crucifix and that's going to like take some that looks like a resurrexifix which is what we had uh, i but was going to resu- say what's the difference between what you're describing and a resurrexifix that the resurrexifix is also kind of reducing the the thing to a historical reality in other words but it's a different historical reality trying to represent the resurrection rather than the eschatological reality of what's happening at the mass which is that the risen christ is is representing the eternal sacrifice of the cross he's alive but he's dying in the church in the eucharist in the sacraments until all things are made new until all things are restored in christ um that the grace of the
1: sacraments flows from his living wounds. Um, yeah, I think it's Eucharistic prayer to you. Well, th- I'm sure they all mention it to some extent, but it's always striking to me that a holy and living sacrifice, mm-hmm. like that's the lamb as though slain, who's dead, but alive and offering it up as a sacrifice all at once, this holy living sacrifice. Yeah. So probably Which is the, an most, active.
0: the probably the most famous instance of this is the San Damiano cross, the one that spoke to St. Francis. His eyes are huge and they're way open. They're looking right at you. And the blood is splurting out of his side onto all of these people and the angels are catching it in cups and stuff. Um, so that's from the Middle Ages is not a if you're thinking like, oh, that's a resurrection fix, like from the 1970s. It's not it's not a new idea. It's a revival of um, you know, and most <clears throat> most churches in the like Constantinian, like you look at Hagia Sophia, there's not a big dead Christ in the sanctuary. It's the Pontocrater, you know, it's the living, risen Jesus. Um, so it took me some convincing, like I said, or took him some convincing of me, and I I asked some people that I trust, uh, including like focus missionaries and others like do you get this does this make sense um so i think that's probably the thing that will be also very striking as i was looking at the drawings and stuff i was i was trying to imagine being an 18 year old and praying for four years in front of this crucifix and like what impression would Mm. this make on me and who would jesus be in my mind and heart um after praying in this chapel because that's that's what happened at the U of I chapel. You know, that's the place I prayed the most in a very formative time Hmm. and it forms your image of God.
1: Yeah. This is making me think a lot of the JPT chapel and some of my favorite elements of that. And I guess how grateful of it I was. I mean, we got to pray in there for four, five years, four years, something like that. A long time. Yeah. That art, that chapel was very formative. Mm -hmm. Um, well, here's a question. Well, I'll zing it over to you, Rob. Did, have if you could think of a most formative piece of art, maybe in the JP2 Chapel or just in general, that you've prayed with that's kind of shaped your heart and your spirituality. It, is there one in particular that stands out, stands out above the rest? Hmm, that's a good question.
2: Um, I mean, I would I would say the JP2 Chapel is what formed me. Um, the most. And I what comes to mind initially was just had never, and it was just so cool because obviously Baron talked about it all the time, like the thinking and, and everything and what he was excited about for it, but then also knowing DMAC and kind of the, his involvement in it. And, um, but I, that was just such a cool example to me of there. And this isn't the technical language. Maybe you guys could fill in here of what I'm trying to say. Um, But there was like so much like personality in that chapel of Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, just getting to hear about like why each saint was chosen and like where they were placed and what was exciting about it and like little things um, like I love that in that chapel, the Mother Teresa stained glass, it still shows that her toe is like. Do you remember that uh, like her toe yeah, like, is, is like a little bit misformed like it was in in real life? And I remember DMAC talking about that of, you know, that's something they kind of chose to leave in, even though most of the time like art like that would have them more in the like the heavenly realms. It's not a common thing, but kind of like why it was decided or I think it's the St. Catherine Drexel. um window that they have the little mouse in, which is like the artist's signature for the windows. Apparently they put those in whenever they do windows like that, they'll put it some somewhere. So there's this little mouse like that kind of fits into the the whole piece with the the Drexel window. But it's it was, it was like the artist signing it, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. So that was just the example of kind of the overall effect of like, hey, there's like personality, there's people designing this chapel that come from a background and have preferences and everything, but it's oriented in a way mm. to properly worship the living God. And I remember that too, like Baron always saying like he wanted that to form seminarians, hearts and minds for 200 years, you know, and, and hopefully it will continue to, um, to do so. So I don't have the exact wording for it, but, and more so than just one thing it was the process of first exposure of, like, how something like that is made, at least in hearing about it, mm-hmm. um, but then realizing, like, wow, this is something that is, like, f- for God as well. I don't know if that makes
1: sense. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. That chapel is insane, dude. It gets me awesome. so pumped being able to think about it uh right it gets i mean it's the embodiment of the non-competitive nature of god so it's like all of these other people and colors and things and art and windows and you know columns and, and all these different things and yet it doesn't take away from like christ truly present there but it actually all orients and integrates towards jesus and the altar and that giant beautiful altar mm-hmm. and the ambo that matches to it and uh I mean, the number of hours sitting in between JP2 and Our Lady of Guadalupe, their kind of conversation, their looks of love to one another, and you're just like in the middle of it, praying towards Christ. And so you have all these people around you praying for you, Mm -hmm. with you, as you're praying towards Jesus. You're like, dude, this feels like kind of heavenly, like the communion of saints. You're going in there in tough times and having all of these saints that you knew you knew their personal stories and like even the little details around each of the windows, I, I, they all helped me to know that person and to know their story much better. So it actually made me more, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Literate in, in their own, like their own Christian history. So you could look at that window and it would remind you of like all the great things that God did in and through them. Uh, and it was all, Together unified as one, hmm. so like the Catherine Drexel piece, the little moment that they depicted mirrors the Theresian moment in front of the same pope. In front okay, of what is it? Leo the 13th, Ooh, and both Leo yeah. the 13th, yeah, I guess it's probably the 1890s, probably both of them, um, or somewhere around there, yeah. And then having like s- saints from the whole tradition, you know, from Saint Paul, um, yeah having uh aquinas who were the two aquinas who were the two brothers um Cyril and Methodius, Cyril and Methodius. Cyril Methodius. dude just these mysterious bearded men mm-hmm. over there looking like ballers oh my gosh that window is brilliant uh all the way up to Gianna Mola is that right was she in there or who yeah. am I thinking of mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Fr- Frasati
0: was up in like the front four for yeah
1: God, he's so beautiful, man. And and no one wasn't there. Speaking of the personality, ideas... wasn't
0: there somebody who wanted to not have the po? Oh no, I'm thinking I'm mixing that up. with like his holy card, where his pipe. That famous photo of him oh, on yeah. the mountain. Uh-huh. What's the story behind that? Somebody wanted to take the pipe out because it was like it re- reflected badly on him that he was smoking. But they're like, no, that- that's what he did. He smoked yeah. pipes. He smoked.
1: He smoked pipes. That's what he did. So we're putting that in his photo. I wanted to like <laughs> airbrush it out yeah i think in the actual photo he has it in his mouth and they put it in his pocket oh in the stained glass yeah
0: in the stained glass he he's, doesn't have it in his mouth
1: i'm pretty sure it's in his pocket I, for I some reason i think right that's there. right too yeah hmm. dude can you remember how insanely beautiful that jp2 painting was
0: yes that's what i want to also replicate in uh because our. Newman Center is named after St. John Paul II. Oh, I wanted yeah, to replicate yeah. that. Uh, it's Will St. John is the artist that that painted mm-hmm. it. Um, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful painting. And a beautiful frame it's in, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> you know, what's yeah, cool about that, that chapel, frame. too, is that you're walking to any of the other chapels at Mundelein, like the Deacon Chapel, the Jesuit Chapel, the uh, <clears throat> even the main chapel, and you're like, How did anyone build this? You know, they're all just old enough that you think, oh, everybody just forgot how to do that. So the only ones we have that look like this are old. And just seeing something new that looks like that, that has these saints, you know, do you ever remember in the Deacon Chapel just looking up at the windows and being like, I don't even know what saints those are, Mm -hmm. who who chose them? Um, Mm -hmm. But seeing that process of like these saints that mean so mean so much to our generation being chosen. And that's why, um, it makes you, I'm sure that has been a piece that inspired me that made me think this is possible to actually make a beautiful chapel
1: yeah. here. Um,
2: <clears throat> excuse me. That's awesome. What would you say to the question, Mike? Like if there was one thing, what would
1: it be? Um, oh. I think well, the first thing that comes to mind is the Pietà, and I guess having said that, I need to give the caveat I've never actually seen it in person, but lots of different representations of it and um Yeah, I mean I I guess the Pietà has been very very formative for me and very very helpful, um having Mama Mary hold christ and then like you being the person of jesus in prayer uh it's given me a lot of strength and a lot of comfort and um there's like a i mean obviously there's a lot going on there with with that work of art but um yeah i think that and then maybe the marytown chapel as well just as a whole uh if i were to look at that chapel as as a single piece of art um That like, I never seen anything like that coming from Georgia and then coming into Marytown, like blew my brains out of my head, man. Like, what is happening in this chapel? Dude, it's very busy, very busy, but also um, integrated and ordered towards the Blessed Sacrament in a really, really powerful way. Uh, Very colorful. It's just impossible to go in that chapel and not feel like you're not in heaven. Surrounded by the angels and saints, and you know that big, epic gold dome and the blue background—it's—it's it's like you're. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I guess yeah, Pieta and uh, Marytown Chapel. What about you, Connor?
0: So the question was <clears throat> not what in the JP2 Chapel affected you the most, but what work of art is the most—I
1: mean, deeply affective. We'll leave Just it go with what your end. heart feels. <clears throat> yeah, whatever feels good. Hmm, I don't know.
0: What was your answer again, Rob? You <laughs>
2: he can't hey, cheat. Hey, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, just like blatantly the looking, looking we'll at an- the next guy's paper. We'll answer the question or ask the questions here, okay?
0: Uh-huh. We will ask the questions here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, what, what have I prayed the most in front of it marytown is marytown is one of them i mean from the time i was in college all the way through seminary i prayed in there a lot and had a lot of meaningful um encounters with god in that building dude it's it's crazy we were just up there last week actually with the staff and the missionaries doing a little retreat day we said mass in the side chapel the mother of sorrows chapel and it's powerful God is in that place man um, in terms of like a work of art I've never had them like the Dostoevsky moment of like seeing the dead Christ in a painting and having a epileptic seizure or anything I haven't had something arrest me that much but um, yeah I remember seeing I went in Omaha. I went to the art museum there and they they had just a few things from like the medieval time. And one of them was an altarpiece, a really simple old altarpiece with the crucified Christ and of that kind of medieval, like the San Damiano angels catching the blood coming out of Jesus's wounds. And, and I just thought, you know, it's from like 1100 or something. And I thought about the priests who looked at this as they celebrated mass you know, in the 11 or 12 hundreds. And I felt very connected to them. I was a seminarian at the time, but being called to the priesthood, connected to these men I will never meet, uh, no idea who they are, but this same mystery is being celebrated (laughs) even to today. Um, And it wasn't a particularly beautiful altarpiece or anything. It was just An altarpiece but it made you know same thing happened to me when i went to the holy land to the holy sepulcher i thought this is not particularly like oh man i feel so connected to the the risen jesus because i'm in the place where he rose from the dead it's very covered over in you know weird stuff and you hear chants from all the different armenians and orthodox and um but what i did feel connection to was all the pilgrims that came here for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's like St. Francis of Assisi came here. Mm-hmm. St. Ignatius Loyola came here. And like, maybe we're in this spot. This building's been here since 12 or 1300 or whatever, parts of this building. Um, that's another thing that art and tradition can do is it can connect you across the ages, which is, which is beautiful. is beautiful. Cool. Notre Dame Cathedral will be another one. Mm. I celebrate, can celebrated Mass there. Oh, cool. Like, how did people make this? I I just don't. It blows my brains out of the back of my head, as Mike so eloquently put it. Yeah, dude. I'd say that, yeah.
1: Well, this is a No, no, no. Go on.
0: Yeah, it's just um,
2: I haven't had a moment of, uh, yeah, just being totally taken by something or talking to Dostoevsky moment, but. It is it is interesting the effect like it can have. I remember when we were at uh, Le Louvre and we were walking through like part of the Christian section, and you know there's so much like um, I mean some of them, God, I mean they're just so like magnificent and big paintings, and like I remember that was like one of the experiences. You get this in Rome too, but there's like a lot of nudity in them, and you're like, but this isn't pornographic. Either, I mean, I, I remember kind of like the first time I was exposed to art like that, like of that caliber to say like there's something like just strange here that is like captivating, but not possessive. And like it's impacting you in this particular way. Remember that painting? of? I think it's Susanna, the one, the big one in the mm. um, in the Louvre. And um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's just um, it, it does something to. To you certainly, um, so I mean, there's instances of it, but I guess I can't think of like, man, like one moment that just was it necessarily either.
1: Yeah, well, I got, got the only one guess. that pretty soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, the only one that comes to mind in terms of a singular moment was going to listen to uh, Verdi's um, Requiem Mass played by the Chicago symphony orchestra. Mm. And that, yeah, that's just, that's just one that brings you to tears. It's like the embodiment of humanity crying to divinity for his mercy. Mm. Um, and to see it done by 200 people with voice and creation knit in a way that it's making sound that's all in harmony together, uh, it is nuts, dude. It's such a beautiful piece. Um, so it's a different type of art, but that's the closest moment or event that I've had that was arresting. But, Connor, I know you got to go, man. It's good to
0: see you guys. Are we doing Clubhouse tomorrow? Should we decide? I say no. Yeah. I do say
2: we get back. Let's Let's maybe... Yeah, get on the, get this up with the video thing, and if you're just um, listening to the audio,
0: Father Rob just has his hand up, right? Well, I thought we were this doing home? this when we spoke. Now, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: do you get the hand up. Hot
0: mic has something it's to nice. say. I wonder when we send. But up I say we look carne. for a
2: different forum and maybe do yeah, start kicking around some ideas for the homily prep. Okay. All right, no clubhouse right. later,
0: skaters. See it.
1: Good girl.